Turn to your neighbor and tell him Jesus is worthy. He's still on the throne. He's still God. No matter what's going on in Washington, D.C., the Lord is still on the throne. No matter what's going on in China today, the Lord is still on the throne. No matter what's going on in the Middle East today, He is still on the throne. And I know this, He's coming back for His people. Amen. And I want to make sure I'm ready. I'm here to trim my lamps. Amen. I'm here to trim my lamp and make sure there's oil. Somebody say amen. If you're here today and you haven't repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, and been filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to experience God in that way today. You need to obey the scripture, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. If you're here today and you're battling with disease, I want you to know he's a healer of all manner of disease. If you're here today battling uh, uh, battles in your mind, I want to tell you he's a mind healer. He's a heart healer. He's an emotional healer. Amen. He knows how to heal scars. Somebody say amen. What an honor to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm looking at the book of Joshua chapter 14. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, today's a very wonderful day that the Lord has made. Somebody say amen. And at the end of this service, conclusion of this service, we're all going to be given a very practical and real way to take the gospel to the treasure that's in the field. Amen. To take the gospel around our community. Now, uh, God is going to bless. God is going to move. I believe that uh, we're looking at uh, the will of God, fulfilling the will of God, and the Lord will bless those that obey him. I believe God will bless this church as we go into all the world and preach the gospel. I believe God's behind that initiative. I believe signs shall follow them that believe, and I know believers obey. So as we go, I believe God's going to do the miraculous. Amen. Somebody say amen. And I, I don't know about you, but I like this sign over here that says Apostolics of Salem. This is a great church. This is a great community. God's called us here to minister. Amen. But there ought not just be apostolics in Salem. There ought to be apostolic believers in Carlisle. There ought to be apostolic believers in Iuka, and there are. And there ought to be apostolic believers in Alba. And we believe God wants to touch every home in our area. He wants the gospel. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for what God is going to help us to do. Somebody say amen. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Now, my homiletics teacher, Brother Alan Oggs, would uh, frown on this lengthy reading today. You don't read a long passage of scripture for a text. You usually just pick one or two verses and then build around that. But uh, true to form, maybe that's why I didn't make uh, maybe that's why I didn't make an A plus in his class. <laughs> but uh, bear with me today as I read just a number of verses here, and starting in verse six. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me, 
Everybody say, the Lord has a word for me. Yeah. He's talking to Joshua. He said, the Lord gave us a word through Moses. He gave it to me and he gave it to you at Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. God wants to do something for those that follow him. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. Amen. Caleb said, the Lord has kept me alive these 40 and 5 years. So he is 85 at the moment of this reading. He is 85. And he said, when I was 40, God gave me a word. He kept me alive till I was 85 to see the fulfillment of a word that's 45 years old. Amen. Ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, everybody else wandered and died. But God's blessing was on me because I followed the Lord. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, 85. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. I'm as strong at 85 as I was at 40. Wow. Whatever the Lord was doing for him. I wish he'd do for some of us. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. I can get up out of the bed, I can get out of the chair and go outside and I can come back in. I don't need a handicap ramp. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Everybody say that. Give me this mountain. Say it again. Give me this mountain. Whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there and that the cities were great and fenced if so be that the Lord will be with me then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said and Joshua blessed him and gave unto Calum the son of Jephunim Hebron for an inheritance Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunah the Kenizzite unto this day because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel I want to preach today from this thought, the gift of a mountain, the gift of a mountain. Praise God, the gift of a mountain. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence. Lord, your spirit that is here in this place, we ask you to have your way. I ask you, Lord, to bind your people together to hear your word. I pray, Lord, your word is already anointed, but I pray my lips would be anointed and the lips of this and the ears of this congregation be anointed. I pray, God, we will receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our souls. We praise you for it, God. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor now and tell them now's the time to pay attention. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Caleb asked and received as an inheritance a mountain. 
Everybody say a mountain. He asked for a mountain. He got a mountain as the answer to a request. A mountain became a gift to Caleb. While other people were looking for less difficult options, Caleb asked for a mountain. He was given a mountain as a gift. I know many of you have prayed for a lot of things in your life. If you've served God for very long, I'm sure you've prayed, Lord, whatever it takes, I want to be obedient, I want to follow you, I want to be ready when you come back for your people. These are some of the prayers we pray. Not knowing the long-lasting effects of those prayers, nor how God is going to bring them to pass. Somebody say amen. Sometimes when we pray, Lord, I want to be a part of your kingdom. I want to do what you call me to do. Lord, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, I want to be ready when you come back. Sometimes when we're praying ignorantly those prayers, because we do not know what tomorrow holds, God knows that. Sometimes the answer to that prayer is a mountain. A mountain becomes a gift. Not a difficulty, not something we chafe over the rest of our lives, not something we get bitter about and quit serving God and throw in the towel and quit because it's too hard. No, God give us the mindset of Caleb that knows sometimes mountains can be gifts. He was 85 years old. He says he's as strong as he was when he was 40 because the Lord had kept him alive. God knows how to get you where he wants you to be. Amen. And even though it takes 45 years, God knows how to put you back in the spot where you can overcome the most difficult adversity, win the greatest victory, have the most awesome revival. (laughs) Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. The Lord knows how to give you a mountain. Millions, uh, uh, in, in the word of God, mountains represent many, many things in the scripture. In fact, Jesus mentioned mountains as at least difficulties and at most impossibilities. He said if you had a grain of mustard seed, if your faith was as a grain of mustard seed, that you would speak to the mountain, be thou removed, and what? Be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. This speaks of moving impossibilities. I want to tell you, Jesus knows that we have mountains to face. Somebody say amen. And I want to tell you, sometimes I wonder why I speak to the mountain and it doesn't move. Because in those times, I realize in all these years of serving God that sometimes the mountain doesn't move because God wants me to conquer the mountain. He gives me the mountain as a gift. In other words, there's food and water in the valley. You can grow stuff in the valley. You can find berries in the valley. But there's not anything on the mountain. It's barren. It's rocky. It's steep. It's difficult. 
And that's the way mountains are. Somebody say amen. But I want to remind you of the, the holiness of the mountain. It was on Mount Ararat where Noah's ark came to rest that we are reminded that God knows where we are in the middle of our difficulties and our storms. It was on Mount Horeb where Moses heard the call of God and discovered that God had a purpose for his people and it wasn't to languish in bondage the rest of their lives. Oh, praise God. It was on the mountain, yes, Mount Carmel, where we discover that God is real and his word is true. And the fire falls from the God that is real on Mount Carmel. We've all stood in the doctor's office where the God of this world said, you're facing an impossibility. But I know what Carmel's like. When God answers by fire and somebody steps back and said, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's the kind of gift I want for a mountain. God is wanting to do greater things than we've ever imagined. But he cannot do greater things while we're in the valley. He wants us to overcome mountains. He wants us to learn to climb. He, oh. It's on the mountain of Moriah where we prove our love for God. It's on the mountain of Moriah where God says, if you love me, give me everything. It's on the mountain of Moriah where we come down with more than we went up with. No, you're not hearing me today. The mountain teaches me something. It's Mount Pisgah in the Bible where I see a new vision, where there's a promise of the great beyond, where God takes Moses and says, look over there, Moses. That's what I'm going to give my people. Every one of us need to climb the mountain because there's vision there. Oh, I don't see it when I'm picking flowers in the valley. It's only when I struggle up to the peak of the gift God gave me and I look over and see what God has for my future. If you hadn't figured it out, I've come to tell a saint of God, keep climbing, friend. Keep, keep believing. Don't ever give up. Keep holding on to the word of God. Keep going up that mountain. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, somebody praise him now. I hurry. Yeah, it's on a mountain where we learn about God, isn't it? It's where we hear God. It's where we experience God. It's where we see what God has for our future. It's where we prove our love for God. It's not when the sun is shining that we prove anything. It's, it's when we're on the mountaintop and questions are battling our minds. See, it's on another mountain that I learn of how much I'm loved. It's on Mount. Calvary. Somebody called it God's heartbreak ridge. Yes, it's where I see how valuable I am to God. And I need to go to that mountain every once in a while and be reminded that I'm redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. Yeah, I need to journey to Mount Olivet every once in a while and stand there in my spirit and hear those angels say, this same Jesus that you have seen taken up from you shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. I need to go to the Mountain of Olives every once in a while and be reminded that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Oh, come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and shout. Come on, somebody shout unto God. I got a gift for a mountain. 
T.S. Eliot said, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far they can really go. <laughs> See, it's when you, the test of any man's spirit is determined by the mountain. The depth of his character is going to be found out, not when the sun's shining, but when he doesn't know if his next step's going to be his last. It's by trouble that the heart of a man is purified. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? On the other hand, prosperity and sunshine and everything going your way can be a strong intoxicant. And it can intoxicate your conscience. It causes hopes and dreams to become lethargic. Friend, if we don't have a mountain to climb as a church, we become lazy. No, you're not hearing me now. You know why there's thousands and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars going into cancer research? Do you know why there are students entering the medical field? You know why? Because there's a mountain to climb. Cancer is a mountain. And somebody said, no, if I can't move it and it disappear, then I'm going to conquer it. And some of you have an Everest in front of you and you've been saying, remove thou and be thou cast into the sea and it has laughed back. Well, when it laughs back, it's time to strap your boots on and get your carabiners and get you a bunch of ropes and it's time to climb the mountain because God gave me this mountain as a gift. No, this ain't the devil. God gave me a mountain as a gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, clap your hands under the Lord. See, I want him to be known in this community as a healer, but I don't want to be sick to have to reveal that. I want him to show himself in this community as a provider, but I don't want to be without anything so he can prove himself. I want, to be, I want him to prove himself that he can forgive sins and he can bring the backslider back. But I worry and despair over people that I noticed are going the wrong way. But I want to tell you, God knows how to heal. God knows how to provide. And God knows how to bring backsliders home. And God knows how to reach the hearts of those that are addicted today. Come on. I'm preaching to people that when you came to the altar, you were bound, uh, heard, heard this this week, uh, a man well, had smoked two cartons of cigarettes a week. He was bound. I, I've heard stories about people come to the altar, and just so you know, cigarettes are not the only thing that you can be addicted to. <laughs> So just when I say cigarettes, don't get locked in. You know, just think about addictive practice. But this man came to the altar, and, and the Lord delivered him instantly. He didn't need a patch. He didn't need to go down to one cigarette a month. No, the Lord took his desire immediately. Yeah? Yes, it happens. That man said to the mountain, be thou moved, and guess what it did? It moved. But I also know other folks that came up, and God forgave their sins, and they said, move mountain, but the mountain didn't move. It's not time to tell God that he doesn't know what he's doing. No, it's time to climb that mountain. Oh yeah, it's not time to give up and say, well, he loves somebody better than he does me. No, it's time to say, thank God for the mountain. Give me this mountain. 
Oh, come on, clap your hands unto the Lord right now. Come on, somebody praise him. Come on, do I have anybody here facing any impossibilities? Do I have anybody here that doesn't know what to do? I'm telling you, God knows how to give you a mountain as a gift. Caleb and Joshua were two men out of 12 who said that God was powerful enough. Caleb and Joshua, the children of Israel, had been delivered from Egypt. They were ready to go in and take possession of what God had promised them. And Joshua and Caleb, two men, said, God's with us. Let's go do it. The other ten, losers, men who said that the walls were too large and the giants were too big. Just a side note, you probably do not know one name of the ten unbelieving spies. And if you took the time to memorize one name, you wasted your time. But everybody here knows the name of Joshua and knows the name of Caleb. If you want your name to go down in history, be a believer. If you want your name to perish, keep spreading doubt. Quit, keep being an unbeliever. But if you want your name to be written, uh, oh yeah. I don't care what it is you're facing, God is able. I don't care how difficult it is, God is able. I don't care how tough the situation, God is able. Anybody believe that today? Oh, let's just worship him a minute. Come on. Let's just worship him a minute. Come on, has God ever brought you out? Why don't you give him praise? Amen. After being captured for a little over 400 years, Israel came to Kadesh Barnea. It should have been a place of conquest and victory, but it became a place of hesitation. They hesitated at the edge of greatness. The Bible is full of people who hesitated at the edge of greatness. Lot's wife, a look back, changed her into a pillar of salt. Demas, Paul said, has forsaken me, having loved this present world. He hesitated too long with a lasting look at this present world. King Agrippa heard the testimony of Paul, and the Bible says that by his own admission, Almost thou persuadest me to become a believer. He allowed his soul to slip out of that conviction. He almost made it. The rich young ruler, what would you have me to do? Fulfill the law, all that I've done. Well, if you want to be perfect, if you want to climb the mountain, if you want to go into the miraculous, if you want to go beyond, then go sell all that you have and give it to the poor. He went away sorrowful. He was at the point of greatness. Oh, I wish you would hear me this morning. Absalom, the man who died gambling with the final decision of his life, he was at the point of greatness, but bitterness destroyed him. Balaam, a man who grew confident in his backslidden condition, and he tried to prophesy a curse on God's people, and God wouldn't let him. There are so many in the Bible that saw the mountain and refused to climb. But one must remember that in spiritual concepts, to hesitate really means you're going backwards. You see, spiritual life can never afford to be static. It has to be dynamic. It's dynamo. It's like dynamite. Oh, somebody say amen. 
The 12 spies went into the land of Canaan. They admired the fruit and grew uh, that grew there in great abundance. They admired the land and how comfortable that a home would be there. They admired the fenced cities and they said, man, wouldn't it be nice to live here? But when they saw the giants, they got terrorized. Notice what they said in Numbers 13, verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eat, uh, eateth up its in, the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. You hear that today? There are mountains that God has called you to. They're not called in your life for you to turn around or shirk or worry or fear. No, God says in the spirit today, it's time to start climbing. When men get out of sync with God, molehills will begin to look like mountains. Prayer rooms become silent. Souls begin to soften into lethargy. Dreams begin to die. No, God's called this church to preach the gospel in this community. God's called this church to win souls. And although I thank God for all the souls that are in here, I don't want to be a victim of focusing on the 99 and not hear the cry of one that's lost in a dying world. God has called us to a mountain. He's given us a mountain as a gift. So let's start climbing. Come on, anybody with me today? It's time to go for what God has called us to. Those that do know their God shall be strong. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're strong. Listen to what else they said. Numbers 14, 1 through 10. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept all night. Listen, to stop at the edge of greatness will do something to the church of the living God. If we hesitate at the moment of decision, if we hesitate because of difficulties from a building program to preaching the gospel on Pentecost Sunday to all the difficulties you're facing right now, if we hesitate at the, at the point of the mountain, the Bible says all the children of Israel wept all night long. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation. Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God had we had died in the wilderness. I'm sure now God was thinking, yep, I would to God you'd have died too. And therefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children. Look, some people see their mountain as an impossibility. Some people weep over their mountain. They cry all night long. They get mad at the preacher. They start murmuring at the ministry. No, you're not hearing me. They don't want to go to church anymore because they say, you know what, I didn't have it this tough when I was serving the devil. I want to tell you, God didn't put that mountain there for you to get bitter about it. Oh no, God. Oh, thank God for the gift of a mountain. Thank God for the gift of a mountain. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. I'm not going to read any more of that. I hurried. The congregation murmured. They cried all night long, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle. 
And the Bible tells us God was very upset. But there was something different about Caleb and Joshua. They were strong in the face of doubt. They were strong in the face of time. They were strong in the presence of their peers. It didn't matter how many voices said we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb said God has given us the power to do what he's called us to do. That same spirit needs to be heard and felt in this congregation. This is why I rise today to say to elders in this church, it's time for you to keep on worshiping, keep on praying. You say, well, I don't feel like, listen, if you can worship sitting down, I don't care. Just lift your voice and say, you know what? God has called us to do great things. Every once in a while, some of these young couples need to hear an elder say, hey, I remember when this piece of property was bare and we didn't know how we were going to make it, but God brought us this far and he's going to take us home. God gave us a mountain for a gift. And I want to tell you right now, Salem is a mountain, but it's going to be climbed in Jesus' name. Carlisle is a mountain, but Carlisle is a gift. Alma is a mountain, but Alma is a gift. Ayuka is a mountain, but Ayuka is a gift. Leukemia is a mountain, but leukemia is a gift. Oh, you're not hearing me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody praise him now. Somebody see the opportunity now. Somebody garner up your faith. He didn't lead me this far to... He didn't lead me this far to abandon me. He doesn't bring us to the mountain to throw us aside. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Come on, somebody help me out. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. In the name of Jesus, you gave me a mountain as a gift. Give me this mountain. Oh, reach over and pray for somebody right now. Get them by the hand. Put your hand on their shoulder. Lord, I don't know what they're facing, but right now you are able to give them power and strength. You are a miracle-working God. And today, I'm not going to curse the mountain. I'm going to climb the mountain. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Oh, give God praise one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. We're climbing the mountain. It's not in my notes, so forgive me. But I'm going to take this rabbit trail. I remember when I was a young man in the choir and the church that I attended. <laughs> Everything in me is fighting me, not just to.
Praise the Lord. No, we're not going to do it. No. You remember that song? Come on now. Help me out now. The old folks, if somebody beside you starts singing it, you know they're old. So don't be ashamed. Somebody say praise the Lord. Shayla, would you come here a minute? Shayla, would you come here? Come here a minute. Jack me up a little bit. Hold it tight for me. What are you doing? Homework in church? Give the Lord a good hand clap, right now. Thank you. All right. Back to the sermon. <laughs> this world needs to see a church that knows where it's going. We're climbing the mountain. Joshua. The Bible tells us there are a number of scriptures, and I hurry to a close. Sister Sherry, you can now come to the keyboard. Thank you. In our text, there are some keys that give us clues to what made Caleb successful. Joshua 14, 7. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was. In mine heart. Everybody say his word in mine heart. Caleb's words were not meant to please the crowd. When Caleb walked into the promised land for the first time, his eyes saw something that reached in and became part of his heart. 
He said, you know what? I know it's going to be tough, but it's in my heart now. God's going to do the work. Caleb was strong in his faith. The Bible indicates that David also found it in his heart to build a house for the Lord. Nehemiah declared in Nehemiah 2 and 12, Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Little did Nehemiah realize at the time that he was in and in the future that his vision from God would sustain him through the deepest and the darkest trials of his life. Psalms 57 verse 7 says this, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I want to tell you, David said, I'm going to sing and give God praise because my heart is settled. I'm going to say that again because you don't evidently get it. Listen, you can't praise God until your heart is fixed. Oh, I know, you, they can sing and you can clap a little bit. But if your heart is fixed, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. My heart's fixed. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. God's still good. God's still a healer. God's oh. So I'm going to praise Him. My heart is fixed. Lord, you gave me a mountain. Caleb held that picture in his heart for 45 years. <laughs> no doubt there were people all around him who questioned his vision, laughed at his dreams, slandered him in private, and rejected him in public. But you know what? His heart was fixed. When all those negative, unbelieving people died, Caleb went to Joshua and said, Hey, I got a promise 45 years ago, and I'm ready to climb that mountain. Give me this mountain. We spend an awful lot of time rebuking the mountains in our lives, telling them to jump into the sea. And when they don't move, our faith moves. We begin to doubt, wonder what's wrong with us. Caleb said, No, this mountain's for climbing. His heart was set on the promised land. His treasure was there. His heart was there already. He had set his affections on things above. The Bible tells us the same lesson came from the Apostle Paul when he told the church at Colossae to set their affections on things above and not on things below. The Word of God was in his heart. The second thing the Scripture tells us, that he wholly followed the Lord. Joshua 14, verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly follow the Lord my God. The other spies walked by sight instead of faith. When they saw mountains, they saw impossibilities. When they saw giants, they considered themselves grasshoppers. But not Caleb. Give me this mountain. Full of distrust, all these wicked, evil, unbelieving spies infected the whole congregation. Listen, if one person who is full of doubt and negativism can affect the whole congregation, what would happen if some people full of faith 
That's why I'm telling saints of God in this church, you can't take one Sunday off. There's going to be a drug addict in this room that needs you to have faith. They're going to need to know there's a believer in this house. When they cannot believe for themselves, they're going to need a Caleb to say, give me this mountain. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Caleb did not want to have any part of the land. There, there was a drive in his soul that desired the mountain. Give me this mountain. It was infested with giants. There were walled cities. Listen to this. Also, there were secret pathways in those mountains that a warrior could run subversively and, and attack in one point and run through a secret pathway and attack at another point to ambush the enemy. Caleb knew, with God's help, I know I'm 85, but I can take that mountain. Caleb realized that some of the highest blessings are fenced in with some of the greatest difficulties. I'm going to say that again. Some of the greatest and highest blessings are fenced in with the greatest difficulties. God's going to make a way. God's going to show himself strong. I know I'm preaching to the saints of God, but let me preach to somebody here that's battling addiction. Listen, I want to tell you something. God can help you climb that mountain today. No, no, no. I, I thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous and, and, and Narcotics Anonymous and all that, but I just got one issue with you. Uh, you're not an alcoholic the rest of your life. I'm sorry. I'm going to climb that mountain. And I got a testimony right there. I'm going to climb that mountain. I'm not always going to be addicted to alcohol. I'm not always going to be a drug addict. The Lord knows how to get me over that mountain. Come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hey, I got good news for you. And such were some of you. But you are washed. But you're redeemed. Oh, I'm closing. Somebody praise him now. Somebody praise him now. He's brought me this far to give me victory. He knows the battle's going to be difficult, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lift up your eyes to the hills. Oh, give the Lord a good hand clap today. Come on, praise team. You can be seated. Somebody finish this verse for me. If you know it, say it loudly. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Do you know where your help is? It's in the hill. And while you're standing there cursing the mountain, your help is up there. No, I think I'm going for my help. I think I'm going to climb until I get my help. I'm going there. 
Help me out now. The old prophet's asleep in his bed and his newly recruited <laughs> servant is out drawing water. He lifts up his eyes and he sees the armies of the Assyrians that come to kill the prophet of God because the prophet keeps telling the, the captain of the Israeli host where the Amalekites are next. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And the Bible tells us that that old servant runs back in the house and says, Prophet, the king and all his army has surrounded the city of Dothan. And the old prophet walks outside and he prays, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so that he may see that they that are for us are more than they that be with them. You know what the next verse says? That the scales fell off the servant's eyes and the Bible says he noticed that in the mountains were the chariots of the Lord. You want to know where the chariot is? It's in the mountain. Keep on climbing, saint of God. Keep on climbing, drug addict. Don't give up. Take the mountain. God gave you a mountain for a gift. But I don't know why God hadn't healed me. Just keep climbing. I don't know why I'm still battling. Just keep climbing. Oh, somebody praise the Lord right now. Holy Ghost, have your way. What is it? What is it right now that's hindering you? That you think you can't go any further because this is in your way. What has stopped you from gaining the things that God so desires for you to have? What mountain are you rebuking that you refuse to climb? Yeah. I close with this. Every year on the Day of Atonement, the blowing of the ram's horn singled, signaled a release from debt and the freeing of the slaves. The people in the Old Testament were a lot like us. Great starters, great starters, but then something would happen along the way to muddle up their progress and they would stop. It happened over and over again. They were awesome starters, but not very good at finishing because they had mountains in their way. But there was something more to it at the Jubilee, the year of Jubilee, which came at the end of every 49th year. Listen, in the year of Jubilee, if an Israelite got so in debt that he could not pay for his credit, he might have to sell the land of his ancestors his ancestors that had passed on to him, if he still couldn't pay his debt, he was forced to sell himself and or his family into slavery to pay off the debt. There's no bankruptcy laws. If you could not pay your loss, uh, you lost your property, you lost your freedom. But every half century in the year of Jubilee, all, they'd blow the trumpet and all the land that you'd given up to pay your debt, it was coming back to you. 
if they were uh, in, in slavery on the 40, in the end of the 49th year, they were released from all their debt. If your family, was, if the one that was indebted was not alive, the family of that person would get the property back. Listen, I want to tell you, God is a God of fresh starts. Yes, He is. He knows how to give you a year of Jubilee right now. And that's what I'm preaching about. It's time to quit thinking about all the difficulties of last week, last year, yesterday, 15 years ago, or 30 years ago. It's time to stop thinking about midlife crisis, your job problem, your debt, or your addiction. It's time to say no. With God, all things are possible. I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Oh, come on, somebody stand on your feet and give God a shout of praise.